LL Cool J, a household name and one of three or four of the most well-known rap artists on the planet, hands down. LL is an accomplished actor, author, game show host, award show host, and just a pop culture icon. LL is probably the most decorated rap artist out there, especially from that second generation of rap recording artists. But I like to talk about LL DMC because a lot of people forgot. In the conversations about great MCs and lyricists that I've witnessed over the years, the same names always circulate. The Biggies, the Nas's, the Jay-Z's, Cool G Rap, KRS-One, Big Daddy Kane, Rakim, all giants and all great MCs, no doubt about that. But on the all too rare occurrences that I hear LL's name come up, what I hear celebrated is everything except his lyrical ability. People seem to be genuinely impressed with his discography, which is impressive. He has over a dozen albums. There's not another MC, another recording artist in rap from that era that's anywhere near as decorated as far as that goes. People actually bring up his acting career. When we're talking about lyricism, people talk about the fact that he's still out there getting money. He's still acting. Uh, he became a sex symbol. You know, all those accolades are great. But again, I want to talk about LL the MC. Now, to what I'm sure will be the dismay of many, I'm going to only be focusing on his first two albums. And of course, you would ask why. And I'll tell you why. I believe that lyrically within those first two albums, Radio and Bigger and Deffer, he put in such great lyrical displays in just that time period that it qualifies him to be in the same echelon with the MCs that I mentioned previously. Now, is that to say Walking with the Panther, Mama Said Knock You Out, 14 Shots to the Dome are not classic albums? Of course not. They were classic albums and they generated huge hits and they directly helped to propel LL into the MC and the pop culture icon that he's become. No question about it. Nitro, Fast Peg, It Gets No Rougher, Jingling Baby, Around the Way Girl, Booming System, Mama Said Knock You Out, To The Break Of Dawn, Doing It. The list goes on. They are all recordings that are worthy of the accolades that they earn. But stay with me for just a moment. I truly believe that the rap gods come and visit MCs and bless them with immense amounts of creativity for certain periods of time. Those periods of time where they're at their zenith. The same rap gods that visited Melly Mel and gave him his last verse on the message, his child is born verse. The same rap gods that visited Chuck D and gave him Black Steel in the Hour of Chaos. The same gods that gave Rakim Follow the Leader. They gave Jalil from Houdini Friends and One Love. I further believe that despite the genre of music, writers and artists do have these bursts of energy and they have a zenith that they operate in, a period where they're just operating almost beyond what their capabilities are, seemingly. Again, I'm not talking about writing hit records, writing records that hit the charts, or generate a certain amount of uh, financial income. I'm talking about prolific lyrics that are just uh, next level. For myself, I say that LL was in his zenith from around 84 when he entered to around 87 or 88, a three or four year period. Now, of course, everyone won't agree, and that's fine. But the criteria that I'm using to rate LL based on three things. First, lyrical ability. His use of metaphors, cleverness, and things of that nature 
within his rhymes. Two, his ability to not only tell stories, but very abstract stories. And we'll get into very specific instances of those stories. And lastly, his delivery. The way he delivered the rhyme, vocally, lyrically, the way the rhyme came across. And we'll get into very specific examples of that as well. Now, LL came across my radar in 1984 with I Need a Beat. I was immediately impressed, and I felt like his style and even the subject matter of his record was an extension of another record that I heard earlier that year called It's Yours by Tila Rock. Now, actually, It's Yours was released on Def Jam Records just as I Need a Beat was. In fact, It's Yours was the first Def Jam release. It's Yours ushered in what I used to refer to as the thesaurus style of rap. Because back then, those of us who were rhyming and who were impressed and influenced by It's Yours went out and got the sources so we could employ the same kind of vocabulary that Tila Rock was employing. Now, Tila Rock has some help writing It's Yours from his brother Special K from The Treacherous Three. And Special K always had an abstract style, as all the members of The Treacherous Three did. But It's Yours, if you really listen to the lyrics, was about the process of making a rap record and it used what was considered some pretty advanced vocabulary at the time. Commentating, illustrating, description giving, adjective expert, analyzing, surmising, musical myth-seeking, people of the universe, this is yours. Taking a record that's already made with the help of the mix board used in the crossfade, rhythm can be kept to a self-choice pace, depending on moments or depths of bass. They're talking about the process of making rap records. Now, LL's record, I Need a Beat, was talking about the process of making beats, programming beats on a drum machine. And his vocabulary was very much in the vein of what Tila Rocks was. In fact, LL's partner at one point, Mikey D, was also influenced by that styling. Now, LL's record starts an insurmountable beat subject of discussion. You are motivated by the aid of percussion. There's no category for this story. In the process of talking about making a beat, LL says, Tom Tom, snare, hat, bass, and cymbal. Like that of a cat on the mic, I'm nimble. Bass sync patterns, groups and chains, Sequence, frequency, and gain. Now he's talking some jargon that only you know people who either program beats or are in a studio setting are gonna really understand. And that record really caught me right off guard because it was an extension to me of what Tila Rock had done with his yours. And I was impressed out of the gate with the lyricism and the technical things that he was talking about as far as making a beat. Now this is 1984. Run DMC is the hottest thing out at this point. I distinctly remember telling everyone in my neighborhood who would listen. There's this new cat, LL Cool J. He's nice. He's going to be a force to reckon with. Run DMC is going to have to watch out. I didn't even know that LL was from the same uh, neighborhood, Hollis, Queens, or that he was affiliated with Run's brother, Russell. None of that was known to me at this point. But I was, again, very impressed with the lyricism. Like that of a cat on the mic, I'm nimble. As I've spoken about rhyme structure on my previous uh, presentations, I'm always impressed by cats from that era who didn't only rhyme the last word of every sentence, but words within. 
Tom Tom snare hat bass and cymbal Like that of a cat on the mic I'm nimble Very impressive out of the gate The beat expands to many foreign lands Germany, Italy, France and Japan It'll give you a lift, no need to sniff No buts, no hows, no whys or ifs It's you I defeated, they'll say you retreated Pick up your favorite magazine and read it Raps firepower, a musical shower A picture of me on the Eiffel Tower Again, for context, you have to know what was available in the soundscape during that time to know that that's advanced lyricism for the time. Now, I got a lot of lyrics to get through, so I'm going to keep it moving. L said, computer-wise, and the engineer's eyes have to be very acute, education level high. Product is mine. Beat under rhyme. The control board's part of the studio design. Track by track, combinated on wax. The tape has slack. Rewind, spin back. Expensive but useful. The music is the tool. A perfect place for MCs to do. I think that record was so technical and so much something that only people who really caught what he was talking about would actually grasp on that it prevented it from being a uh, commercially uh, successful record, which I'm pretty sure Rick Rubin was not shooting for because they purposely were trying to uh, take everything out of the music. In fact, if you look on the record, it says reduced by Rick Rubin. And he says that wasn't a typo. He said they were trying to reduce the music, take out uh, the horns and the, the bass lines and the keyboards and everything that was in that previous school uh, of music. They were trying to, uh, to to take it out, to reduce it. And they changed the game and did a great job right out of the box. Now, I wasn't very successful at all in turning my friends into new converts of LL Cool J based on I Need a Beat. But the perfect storm happened the next year with his next single. It was the perfect storm because the next year was 1985, and he made a song called I Can't Live Without My Radio in conjunction with a movie called Crush Groove where he made his visual debut. Nobody had really seen what this cat looked like um, unless you you know saw him in a concert somewhere or something uh, of that nature. Now, radio was just a perfect record. And I have to say, radio was, was more impressive to me because of the attitude. There were a few things that we would see in that record that was really the birth of what LL will become, especially as far as delivery and presentation. Radio, or oh, I Can't Live Without My Radio, was an anthem for all of us who already carry boom boxes that had been carrying boom boxes for years. You know, that was a that was a late 70s, early 80s uh, cultural phenomenon anyway, just walking around with, with the boom box. And LL made an anthem that we could all put in the boom box as we were actually carrying it. Everything about it spoke to us. It really, just like Run DMC in their style of dress, made you feel like, hey, that's me. He's dressed on stage and on MTV like I dress. LL made you feel like, hey, he's doing what I do. He's, he wears what I wear. I'll never forget, he said, wearing light blue Pumas, a whole lot of gold, and jams like these keep me in control. And I just bought a new pair of Ralph Sampson blue suede Pumas, and I always had a boom box. So when he said that, that was me. That, that gave me something to, to say, hey, you know, that guy is me. And that's a very powerful thing. And that's a very powerful thing that almost all the Rush uh, the Rush groups possessed 
was that ability to uh, to transfer that to their audience. Now, again, lyrically, I Can't Live Without My Radio was great. And it possessed something that was the embryo of what we would see later. And it was that growl. There's a certain growl and aggression that LL had on the mic. And you saw it in Run also with his delivery. But with LL, it was a little bit more pronounced. And we would see that uh, taking taking shape on, on I Can't Live Without My Radio. Even though LL hadn't made a video for a song yet, um, and his only real national visual uh, introduction or representation was the part in Crush Groove, he did get a chance to do Soul Train, um, American Bandstand with Dick Clark, and, and things of that nature that gave him a national, a national audience. And you started to actually see the branding a bit, you know, the, uh, the terry cloth Kango and the sweatsuits and his movements, the way he did the, the little bop and the little moves that he would do when he uh, when he rhymed. And he was starting to come into his own the same way that Run DMC had come into their own with the, the leather jackets, the sweatsuits and the derbies, a look that was, uh, you know, something exclusive to Jam Master J. Um, and, and that was uh, you know, given to Run and D at the suggestion of Russell Simmons. Um, Run was starting to get that look. So again, the Rush artist management um, artist, um, you know, were really, really brought up under that branding, and that was something very powerful at the time. And radio represented that perfectly for LL. Perfect introduction into the national spotlight. Now, I did make a mistake. I usually. Uh, really make an effort to try to keep it as chronologically tight as possible but there was a single in there that was of great relevance to to me myself at least and that was uh one of the famed uh, maroon def jam uh, records uh, ll had two of them the first one being uh, i need a beat in 84 and then in 85 he had um i want you and dangerous uh a significant lp in the way of i want you giving a glimpse into him being determined to convert uh, rap into uh, marketable love songs. Before before LL did I Want You, um, nobody had really attempted a, a rap love song. Spoonie G had the love rap, and it was more like a player song where he was kind of bragging about chicks, and it, you know, it had an up-tempo beat. It really wasn't him trying to serenade uh, a young lady. LL was determined um, clearly to do that because he did I Want You and later he did I Can Give You More and of course we know he had a smash hit with uh, What I Need Love and like I said the difference in these was he was actually really uh, kind of opening up and, and getting uh, damn near emotional and uh, serenading a female but backing back up to I Want You um, the relevant song for myself at the time I, I loved I Want You I loved the idea and what he was trying to do and I loved the lyrics but Dangerous was a good extension of um of I Need a Beat. And it was really his second single in that vein. Um, it was the second single period, but um, I Want You Again was the love song. So Dangerous was in that vein. And it was that time period when you really talked a lot about your DJ. And if you check LL's first album and really the second one too, he had a lot of songs and a lot of verses where he was talking about his DJ. He comes on Dangerous, you know, his realm is a new horizon of cuts. They expand from his hand as he conducts. A melodical project, not photography. Cut creator Philly Phil's biography. Again, this was the time period where you spend as much time talking about how good your DJ was, how fast he was, how good he could cut, as you did on your own uh, your own bragging about your own rhyme skills. 
And if you really listen to it, the whole song is really a dedication to the cut creator. He's saying cut creator is dangerous. And there was some really outstanding lyrics on the song. And I'm a sucker for, for uh, clever lyrics. I always like clever lyrics. And he was early, uh, early on with that. Uh, he said, uh, serving up cuts and slice like a blade. He could squeeze a dry sponge and make Kool-Aid. Now, you know, at this time, maybe that sounds elementary to people. But, you know, in, in 85, that was uh, that was slick. That was a slick little uh, slick little line. He also said, uh, musically, physically, mentally, he's an innovator, greater, cut creator, is on a crossfader to try to digest what I invest on Farmer's Boulevard is where I rest. Um, numero uno, amigo with the ego, so Paul Salafrance and Al Italiano, he really comes off on that. Okay, getting back on track as far as the chronological order of things. Of course, the success of the song I Can't Live Without My Radio was followed up by the uh, full-length LP titled Radio. And of course, that was like his uh, debut LP with all the great, um, great classics on it. Of course, I Can't Live Without My Radio was on that album. Um, and then there's a song called You'll Rock, which again, to me, is in the same vein as I Need a Beat and Dangerous. It's just, again, that that braggadocious um style that that he represented but with the uh the the dope vocabulary and the clever wordplay and in the interest of saving time i'll just kind of kind of pick it up like my favorites off of that was like from your rock i'll dust the rapper off if i require practice vocal cords so rough that i could eat cactus i mean just a slick wordplay like that with kazals on my face i will hold my space entertain stimulating connect the bass um crown prince of rap and godfather of beats mcs that i meet i mutilate and defeat i mean you know just at the time that was that was everything Now we really don't have to talk about Rock the Bells. I mean, everybody's heard Rock the Bells. It's the it's the the, the 80s uh, mid 80s song that still gets any party started today when you put it on. It's the record that all great DJs have some kind of routine off of. A lot of a lot of phrases and guitar stabs and cut and scratch. I mean, you know, course classic, uh, you know, lyrics. Um, you know, we really don't have to get into Rock the Bells because there's so much other um, other material to cover. But concerning the radio album, I like to say this. Another thing that LL always had as a signature was some kind of comedy, um, like a song like You Can't Dance. You know, it, it's not trying to be lyrical. It's just very lighthearted. Always clever with LL. Just very lighthearted. You Can't Dance. Um, that's a lie. You know, of course, where he's just going through and, and you know, talking about that at least one person that we all know that uh, just can't, you know, seem to tell the truth. And uh, he has a young um, Russell Simmons on there just lying throughout the track, you know, just very lighthearted. You know, he can go from just going for the throat lyrically 
to, to having some fun on the records, which was uh, a good thing at the time. And of course, he had the the, the letter to uh, Yvette, you know, the promiscuous chick from around the way. And that was another slick one. Um, and again, always, again, always lyrically clever and on point. And it even uh, generated a response from uh, Yvette Money from Philadelphia. And as always, really, really hardcore drum programming. You know, just a great era for the for the drum machine. And Rick Rubin was um, very proficient with that programming of the drum machine. Now. As far as Rock the Bells, I did say we weren't going to discuss Rock the Bells, but I would definitely, uh, it would be criminal not to discuss what they call the original Rock the Bells, which is lyrically one of his best performances, in my opinion, and it might be his best. If you're going for lyrics, this was this was the one. You know, there's a story with Rock the Bells that, you know, I can't get so deep into, but, you know, Rock the Bells was supposed to have the Bells break, um, Take Me to Mardi Gras by Bob James. There was reportedly some kind of issue because, you know, Run and D were about to do Peter Piper and they had the same management. And I don't know if, you know, Run didn't didn't want them both having the same break beat. So they had to use the uh, the double trouble break by Trouble Funk on uh, on the Rock the Bells that we heard. But there's a version called the original Rock the Bells. It's a drum machine and, uh, and like cowbells, um, you know, from the drum machine. And the vocals on that incredible performance. I mean, from top to finish, he starts out during this episode. Vocally, I explode. My title is the king of the FM mode. My volume expands to consume. My structure is immortal lyrical heirloom. Vocally pulsating, I initiate top rating. I just wanted to say, as far as like intelligent hip hop, you know, at one point, you know, an MC had to be well read and re well spoken and well versed as far as vocabulary. I mean, how could you be an MC and not and not have a mastery of words? And um, just on this song, at one point, L says, "Ambassador, the thane of Cordor, dialect so deaf it'll rip up the floor." Like the thane of Cordor is something from Macbeth. I mean, how many MCs in their rhyme, especially a hardcore rhyme, the same rhyme where he's saying on the microphone, you will never recoup. When I'm finished with you, boy, you'll be sucking on soup on the same rhyme. He's quoting Macbeth. I mean, you know, just incredible wordplay that to me, he's never credited for. I illuminate over any number on the Richter. My throat contracts like a boa constrictor. When I commence with excellence, it eradicates levels of pestilence. Upon a plateau, no mortal can go. Mythological characters stand below. That's what I'm talking about. You know, if you're going to talk about LL and you're not going to talk about that level of lyricism, then you're not talking about LL DMC. LL, the successful recording artist, I respect it. It's the music business, and you can't do a whole album full of uh, 
these kind of songs. But again, I'm talking about LLDMC. Again, the growl that I talked about, they grew through the years. I mean, if you heard that last growl, it was like, ugh. It was almost like, you know, he said everything he could and just let that energy out at the end. He just had to breathe like, ugh. You know, that's uh, that's classic L. Now, as a Virginian, I used to uh, get tapes from from uh, New Yorkers, you know, family and, and, and uh, friends in New York would uh, record from WBLS and, and KISS. And they would send the tapes down So we would get these tapes And I received a tape Either from a, a, a family friend Or just you know the, the, the network that we had of people dubbing tapes And getting tapes from New York And I came across this tape Of uh, LL rhyming over um, Over is yours I think it was from a birthday party or something like that um, And what it actually was Was the framework For what was about to come Lyrically and just incredible. We used to play this uh, <laughs> around the way on the boombox and just study it. And it's uh, amazing. Now I'm the godfather of intelligent rap. Waiting for a big head nigga to snap. Musical wizard ain't taking no crap. You're under on the funky old boy step back. Instrumental general, microphone standing on the dark face. It should be in a kennel. Came in a limo, not a boom for rental. In my pocket is the waterbed metal. If you're a sucker rapper, I'll name you Snoopy. Turn your girl into a cool day goofy. Beat you in the face till the dish looks goofy. Then your girl till she has to doofy. Professor new musician, big butt. Technician, forget red lobster when I go fishing. Burn you so bad you need a position. Extremely able when in this position. We'll see my head when you spread your legs. And my man's in the closet. Why send you back? My bar you expands the cut stool. My substance immortal lyrical heirloom. Vocally pulsating, I initiate gyrating. I rock you, rock, there's no waiting. Terror, the contradiction of error. Not Turkish, Seth, MacNeil, or Lara. My body will eradicate influenza. Rhymes located. In a go 
known for a desert for the duration. Show articulation, receive an ovation for vocalization. Listen, look, learn. I contemplated, not a pyromaniac or fire, gets me motivated. It's been stated, but facts for fight. Rock strategy depends on the DJ fight. Uh, I'm Mr. Mina, cleaner women, not the Pina. No conjecture in my lecture, name an adversary, Dina. Rhymes not label, make you look disabled. Emulate the way I narrate if you're able like that, y'all. Like that, y'all. Like that of the that, I like that, y'all. Because I'm looking for a battle, seeking out all rookies. Forget Oreos, these food day cookies. Living up my lives, signs, autographs, a sign. Inferior fan, recorder, I'm a rhyme. Yes, indeed. So you can definitely see the frameworks for um, for the original Rock the Bells um, within that rhyme. Or maybe he made the original Rock the Bells first and just said that on the radio. But I'm Bad wasn't out yet. And you you know, you know heard the uh, Forget Oreos, Eat Cool J Cookies, you know. And, and some other ly- lyrics were on there that um, would appear later. So now we go to, uh, to the Bigger and Deffer LP and the first single, I'm Bad. Now that's another one I can't spend a great amount of time on because uh, I mean we're just already familiar with I'm Bad. It was uh, probably one of his biggest songs, um, definitely one of his monumental ones. I remember that time period and that video being a big deal because as amazing as it is, as successful as the radio album was, and it was hugely successful, there were no videos. There were no videos for any single off of the radio LP. So the first official video from LL was I'm Bad. And the only time that we saw him was on Soul Train, American Bandstand, or if he was, you know, on some, you know, local video show just doing promoting. Um, But we actually got a chance to see him in action. It was a perfect video to see him in action because, you know, the video had, you know, an actual plot to it. I think his girlfriend got kidnapped or whatever. So we got to see him. You know, uh, you know, he, the little movements he made and it was very dynamic. You know, he really a, a great video and, and a great song. As always, the, the lyric that sticks out in my head the most from that. My vocals exact like racking pinion in a jag. You try to brag, you get your rhymes from a grab bag. No good scavenger, catfish vulture. My tongue's a chisel in this composition sculpture. I'm bad. I mean, you know, not that you don't know, but you don't hear the words rack and pinion steering that much anymore. But it was a certain kind of steering system in a car that was supposed to be like very, you know, very precise, you know. And uh, Jaguar obviously had rack and pinion steering. And uh, (laughs) Elle is just a, a monster with the lyrics. course the you know notorious i crush you like a jelly bean was already dope anyway and then when he did the little <laughs> the little acting out on the video it just you know it, that that messed everybody up you know l, l was at his at his zenith at that time take the skin off a snake and split a pea from his pod incredible okay so moving on i spoke about abstract stories and again this is a theme that goes through ll's albums there's a song on the Bad album um, called My Rhyme Ain't Done. 
and it's almost like a fantasy rhyme. You know, I can't get into it. You definitely can go to YouTube or wherever and check it out. But um, it's like an adventure. He's going through all these different uh, fairy tale scenarios. Very creative. Very creative. Like I said, to be able to go from, you know, crushing a rapper like a jelly bean to going to to a, like a fairy tale fantasy land in one album and pulling it off successfully, it, it takes a lot of talent. You know, um, on his, um, I think it was on Mama Said Knock You Out, he had a song called Milky Cereal. Which is another one where it's just um, it's just abstract storytelling using these uh, these metaphors, and the whole thing is about these different brands of cereal, and he's putting himself in these scenarios. Just the uh, the literary genius of that, you know. This is uh, this is what an MC is, you know. He, he's a he's a master of ceremonies, and he's a uh, he's a wordsmith, and and that's definitely what it's about. On a bad LP as well, uh, there's a song called uh, Candy. And again, it's um, like like a D. Yvette. You know, he's not he's not dogging Candy as, as bad as he dogged Yvette. Yvette was like, you know, she's like the neighborhood, you know, skeezer, <laughs> to use a word from back then. Candy is more like, you know, this is like his, you know, he, he creeps with Candy, you know. Um, he feels good about Candy. And going back to stories again, um, these stories are not as abstract. But Candy, Candy is a story. Um, the Bristol Hotel, which is also on uh, on the Bad Album, which is just about the neighborhood hotel where everybody you know gets down at. It's a story. Um, the doo wop, which I can't get into a lot, but the doo wop is, hey, it's storytelling from the moment he gets up in the morning and hops in the shower till he steps on stage to hear the girly scream. Incredible song from the um, from the Bad Album. If you never heard the doo wop, you, you know you gotta go and check the doo wop out. One thing that I, I really admired about L, and it's kind of genius the way he did it, he never really um, answered anybody who dissed him. And, and several people dissed him on records. You know, Steady B, you know, did a song called I'll Take Your Radio. Uh, Raheem the Vigilante, um, who was on uh, Rap A Lot Records, um, had a song uh, where he had a line dissing him. Shan had Beat Biter And uh, very rarely It wasn't until the later days Of um, uh, you know To the break of dawn and, and, and stuff like that That he really addressed people Of course his legendary battle with, uh, with Mo D Which you can find that anywhere on the internet I definitely um, I'm not going to take the time to go into that But he really largely ignored people He would drop subliminals Like you know when he said on Rock the Bells Some suckers don't like me But I'm not concerned 10 G's for 20 minutes is the pay I earn. And, you know, it, it, he gets to that point where, you know, we have these unwritten hip hop rules where, you know, somebody attacks you, you know, you gotta, you gotta answer back. And that's something that's hot right now, you know, with the female MCs that are having their thing. But, you know, when you get to the point, a lot of times of getting to that superstardom and you leave the underground, um, th those unwritten rules don't apply to you quite as much. So his answer to them was, look, I'm getting 10 G's for standing on stage for 20 minutes rhyming. I don't even got to answer you. 
But on the bad album, um, I think he kind of had had enough and he answered some people and he didn't do so by name, which I thought was pretty slick. You know, I don't know if his thinking was, you know what? I'm not even going to give you the, the the 20 the 20 seconds of fame or the 15 minutes of fame or whatever it is by mentioning you. I'm going to dance all around it, but I'm not going to mention you. Um, the breakthrough was musically based on the breakthrough by Isaac Hayes, which is a breakbeat that usually people speed it up. And um, I don't think he actually sampled it, but I think he uh, they might have replayed the beat or whatever. They played it slow like it originally was. And he's just coming off on his enemies. I mean, you know, can't get a decent contract. Beats ain't working. Dogged out Puma's plush manager's jerking. You know, he's talking about uh, he's talking about Shan on there. He said, your mic sounds weak. Remember that, Skeezer? I'm better than Napoleon, Hitler, or Caesar. I don't know if he's talking about Yvette, Money, or some female he was talking about when he, when he threw that line out. Instead of walking like you're limping, talking yang about me, won't you take your monkey ass and get a cottage degree? Or write a rhyme or write a book and try to live carefree. I hope this message reaches you before you're 73. Now, lyrically, one of my favorites on the, on the Bigger and Deafer album was definitely 357 Breakdown. People don't talk about that one as much, but it's definitely one of his best. And it's just so many bright moments on it lyrically. I'm dope on a rope. Virgins want to elope. I do the hustle, the shuffle, and the rope of dope. Lastly, just a little bit of Jack the Ripper. Again, I'm not going to get into the specifics of the Modi battle, but they did, um, they did to me, bring out some of the best in, in both MCs. And as far as uh, L, Jack the Ripper is definitely one of his, uh, one of his better joints. Okay, family, look, there's so many other 
you know, LL joints that, that you know, that are great lyrically, great songs. Um, you know, I, I really, I, I wish I could go into other albums, but again, this is very personal for me. For me personally, they, these two are enough. And what I've gone over here, and I, I missed, you know, I didn't even go over everything I wanted to, but it's enough to put him up in the, in the echelons of, uh, of the greats. As always, I hope you enjoyed. Um, I hope you were perhaps um, educated. If you weren't educated, at least enlightened, intrigued, and at least found it compelling. Again, thanks for the support. This is your man, Jaquan. Foundation lesson number 16, LL Cool J, DMC. Please check out the website, thefoundation.com, T-H-A foundation.com. The main site is under a bit of construction right now. Um, if you go to and click on a mobile site, there's a lot of information on the mobile site. You go to more options and there's several stories, um, different genres, not just hip hop, mainly hip hop, but got a few funk interviews there and stories. Just a plethora of information there. And I'm adding new stuff just about daily. Um, you can reach me on all social media at Jaquan VA. Email Jaquan at thefoundation.com. Peace. And then you recognize that the sparkle of my chrome shoes paralyzed. Getting money like this, people want my vibe. Full of jealousy and pride, hate the way I ride. Sometimes you speak, sometimes you don't. Figure this nigga souped up, cause he cooped up. Guaranteed to rip shit soon as it's looped up. Your nigga slept, swore your girl's panties wasn't wet. I'm a star, double addicted, double law. Never struggle hard to lead a bubble scarred. Not the car, it's the man, daddy cool, put it down. No comparing me to y'all, niggas are circus clowns. L ain't worth paper. Ask Russell Simmons who put him up in that skyscraper. Ask my dogs up at Fubu who made a major. LL nigga, now who's next to need a favor? Drop a bomb on him. Remain calm on him. Pierce the nipples, throw the LL charms on him. Keep gangsta shit pumping through my system with my strobe like flash. You can't miss him. Listen.